Marissa True, and I'm here with my co-host, Hanley Hofer, for season three of Just So We're Clear. We're taking on a very zen approach this year. We've learned how to meditate, we've downloaded Headspace, we've almost paid for the premium, but then we backed out because shit's expensive. (laughs) We did the two-week trial, and that was enough. And this is the energy we're coming at you with. For this episode only. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, like we're already picking it back up. <laughs> like I got, we're, oh, okay. So update, Marissa and I are in the same room, finally, because we've been recording this podcast over Zoom for the last like five months. No, pretty much our entire show. It's a rare thing when we record in the same room. So I think we've done four episodes together in the same room. That's so crazy to to think but also this is why we cannot do the zen voice because marissa keeps looking at me as she does it and it's so creepy (laughs) it's my eyebrows she just like locks eyes with me she's like welcome to the show i can't even look at her (laughs) that's the thing i think i actually had someone say oh marissa you never really hold eye contact for that long because people get freaked out every time i do it because my eyes are really big my eyebrows are intense and you got dark dark eyes So it's very piercing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the girl in Pitch Perfect that just whispers, but she just talks about how she kills people. The Asian one. Yes. That one. That's you? That's my eye contact. Like that's the energy. You see it, right? I do. And again, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) There we go. That's all we have to establish. So guys, like Marissa said at the intro, season three, it's kind of wild to think that we've come this far. I believe we are 48 episodes? 47? It's 40 something. Close to 50, which is, like I said, wild, considering we only started this podcast back in March. And the reason we started this podcast, really, to be honest, was because Marissa and I were cocky enough to be like, you know what? Our conversations are amazing. They're important. (laughs) This needs to be heard. And that is why we started Just So We're Clear. But I think it was beyond that. I think we really did believe that a lot of other women guys out there have the same views and attitudes on a lot of things like us. And we wanted to see if we put something out there, if it would bite. And it did. Yeah. And don't forget that as podcast listeners, like there was no one like us, right? Like we would listen to American ones or British ones, but there were no Asian ones. Well, I mean, I guess there were, but I feel like that's really come into its own in the last year or so. I mean, there's so many great There's local so podcasts many now. podcasts out there now. And yeah. I think that one thing we're going to try to do this season is to do more podcast collaborations and kind of build and help our community and get to know each other better. Because people who like to talk should talk together. Put that on a shirt. That's the worst quote. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of those Zara slogan t-shirts where you read it and it just doesn't make sense. Oh, I love them though. I buy them all the time. (laughs) They're so rewarding. (laughs) It'll just be like art, drama, self. Ah, but you know, I can't speak. I'm a sucker for shirts that have saying. I have, I bought one recently. It's a white t-shirt and it just says balance. Oh, I just have one with a cartoon dog on it that says shady bitch. Ooh, should we make our own? But it just yes. be like very meh motivational things. Oh, like super lackluster slogan. Yeah. <gasps> like a shirt that just says meh. I mean, we did have or, that. Or really passively and be like, sure. We did have that streak where we were trying to come up with merchandise, remember? And the one I still have it saved in my Samsung notes, which is too horny to be successful. <laughs> I'm too horny to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, guys, just a little bit of an update where we've been, what we've been up to. The last that we did an episode was in December, right before Christmas break. And then we did. We took a hiatus. We had New Year's. How was New Year for you? It was really good. Because you guys in Singapore just did it at home. Yeah, but they had expanded their whole like limitation thing to eight people. So suddenly you're like, oh, my God, there was social pressure and being like, oh, my God, did I make the short list? Luckily, I did. Well done. Well done. Good for you. If I had a lonely New Year's because I didn't qualify for anyone's group of eight, I think I would genuinely have cried myself into 2021. It would have just been like a take the hint situation. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was good. Like I, you know, I had dinner with a set of friends and then I had countdown drinks and I was okay. So, you know me, I don't really drink very much. I don't drink often. But then so I promised myself a glass of wine, a glass of celebratory champagne. And then I was going to call the night. I was really expecting myself to be in bed by like 1.30 and be like, wow, we really put in a good stint. But then someone whipped out Cafe Patron. Oh. I used to tell people I hated tequila because I was afraid of how much I enjoyed it. Oh, Because I don't get the burn. I don't need the lime and the salt. I feel nothing. I just feel great. Yeah, it's tequila. It's what it does. That's the thing. So you would like say that so that you wouldn't have more of it. Yeah. Okay. So now you're finally introduced into the magic of Cafe Patron. Welcome to the club. I mean, I always liked Cafe Patron, but I would do this really juvenile thing where I would pretend to gag so no one would give me more because I knew that it was just like a downward slope. But then I was like, fuck it, 2021. And then I, it was like four shots in. I think I even sent you a video of myself doing a shot and... Oh my God, the carnage. Okay, so for me, tequila is my poison of choice when I want to get lit. But Cafe Patron... So good. ...will keep me up till the wee hours of the morning, just dancing and being a total rascal. And so, well done. Actually, you know what? To be honest, Cafe Patron is one of those drinks where I think I overdid it. So now I like, when I smell it, I get like a big gaggy. That, Jägermeister, uh, vodka cranberry, uh, those like syrupy, syrupy, oh. thick kind of drinks. Yeah. Oh, get me away from it, but also give it to me. We did have this conversation, right, where we asked each other, like, what cocktail would you think that you are? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your personality embodied in a cocktail? Um, I'm a whiskey sour. Really? Why? Well, first of all, that's one of my go-to drinks. Uh, just a little something about me. I do love whiskey-based cocktails. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a classic. I find it pretty underrated, but every time I order it, I'm very happy with it. <laughs> no, but I mean in terms of like your personality oh, in a girl, drink. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like a martini. I could yeah. see a martini maybe for martini. you. Or maybe like a Gibson. Sure. Yeah. Something yeah. like classic and clean, but like, you know what you're dealing with. Kind of. I don't know. I don't know. What you, What were you? <laughs> I am either a dark and stormy or a Negroni because it's kind of like broody looking and it's intense and there's like a little bit of bitter, but ultimately it's pretty sweet. And I feel like that's my personality. Oh. You know, like people. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. People think I'm this salty ass. I kind of am, but I am nice. (laughs) I'm really enjoyable. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll let people think about that. 
I, on the other hand, from your like low key, but kind of turned into a high key night, had the opposite experience in Bali. So, I mean, you guys know I was away. I'm finally back, by the way, out of quarantine. I'll tell you more about that later. Um, I went out like it was a New Year's Eve party, which was just so bizarre because, I mean, the rest of the world is not partying, but parts of Bali definitely still partying. Conscious Party 2.0. Conscious Party 2.0, but not at all. It was properly like in a club. Like we had a dance floor. There was a table service. I want you guys to know that I was so I was social distancing to the best of my ability. What? How do you bump and grind well, social distancing? Well, I firstly stuck to the table I was at. I did not go into the dance floor. Okay. And to be honest, I only stayed at the table. And like the table was out away from like the the crowd. But hey, you know, people in Bali are still living their lives. And ultimately, you know what it is. So there was an article that Vice Asia published that was like, highlighting that people were partying in, in Bali during a pandemic. And I read the comments and, you know, people were salty about it, as you would be, because times like these partying travel, there's a lot of sensitivity around these topics. And, and I kind of, I'm like, well, don't hate on the party goers, like hate on the, the policy. If the clubs are still open, if the law is still letting people go and people are using that right, they're not being illegal. They're not breaking any rules. It's their choice. So let them live. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I think also, though, that like. Pete, the clubs are open because obviously Bali is one of those places where they really need to find new ways to keep their economy alive. So kind of desperate times call for desperate measures, which is why I think they're probably shirking a few of the yeah. social distancing things. And then and then you're putting a lot of individual responsibility on everyone to not take advantage of the freedoms they're being afforded. Like, let's be honest, like the reason London's in its like fifth billionth lockdown. Because no one was really taking it seriously. Yeah. And then they opened everything up again and yeah. they shut it down again. But I mean, for this New Year's party, you know what? I was really happy to be part of that vibe. And it was really interesting. Actually, it, was, it had a really funny ending because so as part of trying to keep the pandemic under control, Bali, um, the government had implied a curfew and the curfew was 11 p.m. So the party actually stopped at 10:30 p.m. and and it went from a like club party into a house party and these bunch of russians rented out like giant buses to take the party goers from one location to the next to keep partying in a private villa. And so <laughs> that was a shit show. And uh, and that's all I'm going to share about my night because, you know, transcended a, into chaos. It was a, a crazy experience. I mean, like I was never one for clubbing, but I really missed the club because oh, man, I, I just wanted done. Oh, come I on. Just like, go out. Come on. Just, can we can we just acknowledge my MTV background as well? Like I love that scene, my music industry scene, live events, festivals, like oh, bars. Like this is what I'm just like this is part of me that is just so like heavily in my DNA for so many years and oh, I will give anything to have this back. And I, I I think that when it does come back, though, all of us are just going to be so grateful that the, the environment's going to be completely different. Did you see like flaming lips through a concert where everyone was in a bubble? 
It was basically a giant Zorb Ball festival (gasps) thing, but they held the entire concert in Zorb Balls. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but could you imagine how sweaty and nasty it's getting inside that bubble? Like, it is just an (laughs) ecosystem of your own. Let me tell you a, a, a hard fact, okay? Any kind of environment with crowds is nasty and sweaty. Okay, the bubble does not change it. Like True. any music festival, any club, any dance floor of the bar, you're going to have that. So don't think about that. Like, that's just cool. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look at your salty ass. Like, ugh. germs. No. Coolness. <laughs> I, I feel like I would do it just because I'd be like, a concert? Live music? And I'd just be too excited yeah. by it. Yeah. So Bali um, was a trip in so many senses of that word. Uh, but the final leg of my return was oh, quarantine. God damn, two weeks in a hotel room is a whole other thing. <sighs> I'm really like I'm really proud of myself for doing it. I think that, yeah, I think that it's like it. You just, it's one of these things that I think before you lead up into it, you're like, I can do it. All my friends have done it. I've seen people do it. I've read the regulations. I'm going to hype myself. But when you walk into a hotel room and the door closes behind you and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to be in in one space for two weeks. So my experience was a little different. I initially was sent to the Holiday Inn And I had a lot of panic and anxiety for the first 24 hours because I don't do well in small spaces, but also I do have a pretty bad dust allergy. Remember when I was like swelling up and looking like freaking Quasimodo? (laughs) Guys, let me tell you, my allergies, when they come out, is not pretty. So I was freaking out about that. Um, Unfortunately, I had a medical reason to change hotels because people ask me all the time. I had a certificate. I had proof of my allergies and I was moved to a room with a balcony and like that changed my experience completely. So to the people who actually like really do it in the hotel rooms that don't have like windows open, who don't, that don't have balconies that have really small spaces, like respect, like that's next level. Yeah. Cause I think even though you spent your quarantine, I mean, your lockdown in Singapore by yourself you had your own apartment so it was your space versus being in a hotel like I have actually read about people having mental breakdowns because you underestimate like of course you know the situation could be worse like for example you know the the migrant worker dorms are not ideal environments but to put anyone in an enclosed space for a prolonged period of time is psychologically distressing it is. Regardless of how fancy it is or how 100%, basic. 100%. And, you know, like, people's environments, like, it's such a high factor in your mood and everything. Like, come on. Um, uh, but people did have full-on breakdowns. In fact, I was speaking to one of the drivers who took me from to my hotel transfer. And I was speaking to him. I was like, so, uncle, like, tell me, like, what's, what's some of the crazy stories that you've encountered on this job with the pandemic and he said the most extreme case that he's encountered for a hotel transfer was some guy was so desperate to change hotels but the shn wasn't granting his like wish that he ended up calling the police threatening to suicide yeah and then that's a full that's a a really bad thing so he got to the hotel and there were like police cars outside of the hotel like it like a backup 
ambulance just in case some extreme case happened. And this is the stuff that you're not going to read and people are not going to like publish. But just as a gauge of how intense people in confined spaces um, and that can affect their mental health. Damn. But it's so interesting because I also know, I think, two or three friends who did the two week quarantine and loved it. Mm -hmm. Like they found it was the most productive two weeks of their lives like they got their businesses in order they you know they launched their companies in that time it kind of got them to really buckle down and focus on what was immediately in front of them they were like i have nothing else to do but sleep netflix and build a business yeah that's true i mean i think i definitely benefited and i got very clear and i did a lot of like direction type of work but i think it's different for my situation because i don't have a nine to five like i work as a freelance talent right like i work on sets I work on projects I work on like at like one-off or months-long situations and I don't work at a desk I mean you created a lot of solid content out of it I mean I created content and I but I think that if you have a routine in the sense that you have something to do from nine to five like you know your job I think that helps ground people a lot more in a sense of like that repetitiveness because there were some moments where I was like fuck my life. Time is going by so slowly. Like it, it's a discipline to, to be your own boss and to like create. Ugh, so I'm proud of myself. That's all. That's all I'm saying, you guys. I'm happy for me. I don't think, I don't think I could do it. I mean, I would love to in terms of being able to travel, but then it's like, I feel like I would just be traveling to a place with another lockdown and then flying home into my own self-imposed lockdown and I would just rather have the freedom and the flexibility that Singapore has given us in being like really tight on our regulations. That's true. But I mean, look, I, I traveled because of my partner. Our other friends have all traveled for their family or for their relationships. And I think that it's worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're just going to go for a holiday, like the quarantine is like, yeah. really, really? But if you're going to go be with people that like matter to you than anything people are paying so much for flight tickets home to be with their partners like yeah at this day and age it's really like it's really putting like a dollar onto what you value Mm, like i value family how much like (laughs) shit (laughs) yeah i mean i haven't seen my brother my sister in over a year now and i think that's the longest it has ever been I mean, unfortunately for us, like they're in the UK and it's just, it's not a practical scenario. Like if either they came here or we went there, they have work to do. They have to protect their jobs, you know, in an economy where a lot of people are losing their jobs. And then, I don't know, like, I, I feel like so many people have been divided. I think if you have the opportunity to be with your loved one, oh my God, take it. Take it. Yeah, take absolutely. It. Um, so new year, new intentions. I mean, back in quarantine. That's all I freaking did was focus on what I want to create and how I want to be. So I feel like in this episode, we want to kind of share that with you guys to also maybe hold ourselves accountable if we put it out there. Uh, We said that about our YouTube channel and we put one video up. (laughs) (laughs) We've also said that about our driver's license. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Okay, that has been now. That has been my New Year's resolution for six years. Shout out if you're like us and if you're in Singapore <laughs> and you are hitting 30 or maybe a little above 30 and you still don't have your driver's license. Oh, shit. Okay, so that's number one. We're still putting that on our list. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's on your list. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. 
Oh, this is what happens when grab is too easily accessible to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want me to start or do you know what your one of the main things that you wanted to focus on or a lesson that you just really learned so black and white from last year that is changing your perception about things into the new year? Huh. That's interesting. Okay, so in terms of my general intention, like my aim, my ambition, I think I mentioned it before in that following our episodes, talking to Anna Hautanto and also um, also Stashaway, or Amanda from Stashaway, like I really, really got interested in the world of personal finance and oh, investing. Oh yeah, that's right. Marissa's going to be our guinea pig in the world of what the fuck to do with our monies. <laughs> So, so I actually like, it sounded kind of like something like, oh, you know, like, what did I look into finance? And so I started to read up on it and I started to sign up for these newsletters. And I'm honestly so interested by it. I, I, I mean, I know like a little bit nerdy and there's definitely people whose eyes are going to glaze over and that's fine. But wow, like to understand how money works in the world and to also understand how markets really function in terms of, okay, Whoever works in finance are basically creating like little games for themselves to basically cash out with more money at the end of every day. So every single time you think, okay, I understand, you know, what stock, what, what equities are and what stock trading is. So then you're like, oh, do you know what a put, a put and a call warrant are? Or do you know how to deal with futures? So, okay. So then I was like, Marissa, we're going to start trading. Let's find out about exchange traded funds and get invested in a couple of them. So I signed up for an account. And then it turns out that in Singapore, you have to pass a Singapore finance course by run by the stock exchange so that you're not an absolute idiot entering the market. And then Fair you enough. burn all your personal wealth and then try sue them for it, which is actually an excellent thing to put into place. Unless you're me, in which case you failed twice and you're still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you, you like you sped over that bit. You failed how many times? <laughs> twice so far. So you took the test of your newfound hobby. And I failed. But you know what, girl? This is what you got to keep doing it. And you got to tell us as it goes. And some of us, like myself, we might glaze over. But the energy and support for you and our little guinea pig of personal finance, go forth, I say. Go forth. Yeah, I just want to I just want to find out a way to make my first million, you know? Get that money. Yeah. For me, um, uh, personal finance... Okay, it's, it's not the main focus, but something that I'm really going to buckle down in this year is getting a lot more uh, spiritually connected. I feel so, like you did that already. I know, I know. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell about this about me, but I, I do have a strong love for just spiritual world. You know, I was raised a Buddhist, so it was interesting because that's always been a philosophy. But feeling the connectedness and the oneness with nature and the universe has always been a hobby of mine. But in recent times, it's become a bit more serious. So for this year, I've really decided to, to buckle down and just get a lot more deeper with myself and what that means to me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so we got finance on the right. <laughs> wow, if you could ever paint our personalities. And we've got spirituality on the left. But I will tack onto that a little bit because... Because you know me, like I'm always, I'm fairly skeptical, but I've always been skeptical about fields of spirituality where I feel like it's sort of almost been 
for lack of a better word, like bastardized or appropriated or like I'm not that into astrology, but I always felt like, you know, there's something greater to be felt, but not necessarily understood. Mm. So see, that is it for me. I love what spiritual spirituality gives is this humbleness of not needing to understand everything. Like that's, that's where I find a sense of like, comfort. It's like there's a bigger picture and there's things that we can't explain. There are like cosmic coincidences and for for a lack of better words, things that happen just because they happen and things that you can't explain are to me magical. And that's where I find like happiness and joy and faith and hope. And like there's a bigger picture, we're all part of a plan and and someone something's got our back. You know, it can be spirituality, it can be faith. Some people have it as a religion, but, but you know, that's it for me. That gives me happiness in knowing that there's this magical happenings in the universe and we don't need to understand it, but we're part of it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm generally same page because I know I come across quite hard in that respect, but it's because I'm highly skeptical that the schools of thought or like, you know, the religion that's put out there, um, astrology is the main one that comes to mind is just like, I don't believe that that is the language to understand this. I feel like it generally points at a collective awareness of there's something bigger, being bigger than us. But I just, I don't like how, I don't know, maybe prescriptive it is in terms of like, oh, this is your sign. This is your personality. Like, I don't think it's that fixed. Well, listen, I you I know that you feel that way about it, but when it comes to these things, it's all such a personal journey, and that doesn't mean that it's ruled off for you. It just means that the things that you have an opinion on just aren't for you. Yeah. Absolutely. So just stay open, and yeah, that's yeah. it. So yeah. so another thing that okay, last last kind of bit before we round up because this this is the solo. We don't want it to go for too long. But apart from kind of what we want to focus on this year, I also want to bring it back to what did we learn last year? Like, what was the biggest lesson for you? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a weighted question, but I love this. I think for me, it was understanding my own resilience Mm. because last year, and I think for many it was an extended period of time of feeling like you had lost total control over your life and your circumstances. Then you kind of find momentum, you find your footing again and you hold on to it and you kind of, you get moving and then you lose it all again. And then it starts up again. And then you just think, you know, how many times am I going to get knocked down to the point where I can't get back up? Mm -hmm. And I think I faced that two, three, four, maybe five times last year. But then coming through New Year's, I'm still here, right? So it's it sounds like you have found that you can you trust yourself. Like yeah. I got me. I pulled I can do it. I got yeah. this. Like I am fucking strong. Yeah. And like I think I I think on a level I knew that already because you know, you deal with shit in your life and you get through it. But I think last year was the most sustained pressure and series of disappointments and letdowns and like chaos and tragedy just lack of control uncertainty anxiousness oh 
Yeah. Just like a collective fuck. Yeah. But then to come out the other side with a smile on your face, laughing, knowing that, yes, there are definitely still things that you feel a bit shit about or like things that you still find challenging or answers that you don't have yet. But you're still there being like, yeah, I'm still going to keep moving. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you got this. There's like a there's like a confidence to that. There's like a trust within yourself. And it's kind of like, okay, you put on the raincoat and it's still raining outside, but you're still going to walk through the rain. Like you're you're, you still got this. Yeah. Like. This is a shitstorm, but we're going to go run in it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go dance in the rain. Yeah. You know. Ooh. Maybe not dance, but we'll we'll do it. We'll get wet. <laughs> we'll get we'll damp. still put ourselves out there. That's it. <laughs> what was yours? So for me, the biggest uh, the biggest lesson that I'm taking from 2020 is the concept of pressure. Because holy shit, do I put so much pressure on myself? And that that was revealed to me in such clarity last year that that's what I've been working on in my personal, like, you know, my, my inner monologue, my time with myself, how to just tell myself to be easy on myself, to stop like self, self-compassion, self-kindness, self-compassion, self-kindness, self-love, like beyond the superficial marketing terms of self-love, like, no, 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 the deep self-love, the, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, why is, why is it when it's quiet, that little voice in your head is saying something to you like, well, why are you just sitting around? You could be doing this. You could be doing that. Like you're not doing this well enough. You could be better at that. Like everything that was telling me from my own mind to just do more, be more, make more, that pressure. For what? Like for what? Why, why was I doing that to myself? So I'm, I've had a, yeah, I've had a clear look at where the pressure comes from. And now I'm just having the attitude of no. So has that voice gotten quieter or is it still there, but you've learned to sort of ignore it? So I don't ignore it, but it is quieter. And now when I hear it, it's not like, it doesn't give me the chills. It doesn't make me feel like, ooh anxious or whatever I just hear it and I'm like not today yeah not today I can't be bothered with my own mind today and so I think this is a great thing to move forward because there is so much uncertainty now still let's be real yeah there's so much like unknowing you know I'm a freelancer as well in a creative industry guys I work in production and events which is two industries that really came to a standstill of last year so Career-wise, you know, there's uncertainty. And so all this extra pressure that I'm giving on myself that exists in a world of so much external pressure, for what? Yeah, so this, this I think, it reminds me of our um, self-improvement episode. And also I read this quote earlier today, which really put it in another, in a similar perspective, which was like for all the pressure you're putting on yourself to look forward and see what else you can do next and see what else you can achieve, Past you would have looked at present you and dreamt of that moment in time. Like that was your goal at one point to be in this position right now. So if you need to take a breath, you're allowed to do it because you tend to forget the work you already put in to be okay with nothing happening. Like that's a privilege in itself to be in a position where you can take a break. You don't have to work. Yeah. And it's, but you know, some people 
work well under pressure and hats off to them because I don't know how they do it. But I am at my best self when I'm flowing and I'm chill. Oh, I work really well under pressure. Oh, you work well under pressure? Yeah. Wow. Some people can work well in a room and like, you know, and just go and do your work. But for me, like, that's just not how I function. So release the pressure, tell that voice, not today, and just be my own best friend. Like that, that is the lesson that I'm really taking over today. Yeah, that is a good one. It's the whole, would you say it to your 10-year-old self? Then don't be a dick about it. Don't say it. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Mm, interesting because would you be this hard on yourself if you were like teenage Hanley or you know 10 year old Hanley where you just want to have a good time you just want to have like a love for life and then yeah. you're like no work hard so that is actually what I do so you, you guys know I started therapy last year um and I started to have I've started to conceptualize my inner self as my child version mm-hmm. okay um inner child that's the work that yeah. they use the term so I actually, in moments when I am being a bit of a dick to myself, I picture what my inner child looks like right now, how she's feeling. And so it's, it is, it's like 10 year old me, cute as fuck, like <laughs> just, and I check in uh, what emotion she's portraying and then I adjust my tone and it's helping. No, I think that's a really great strategy. So shout out to my therapist. <laughs> you changed the game, Natalia. Yeah, if anyone out there hasn't started therapy yet, Ooh. highly recommend it. It's a, it's, it's a great five, Netflix show, guys. Five out of five on TripAdvisor. You know, like therapy would, is... Would cry through again. Yeah, would recommend. <laughs> five out of five. So... Talk about therapy, though. Are you still continuing? Are you going to continue this year? What's what's your therapy sitch? I've actually gone to a really good point where um, the last chat that I had, we were talking through, you know, different things that were happening. And she just sat back and went, you know, obviously things aren't perfect. They are never going to be all at once. But I think you're ready to handle it on your own. Whoa. And she, So basically sort of graduate therapy. She's like, obviously, you know, I'm still here for, you know, if anything does come up or you kind of want to recenter yourself or any of any, or kind of remind myself of what tools can help me. But she was like, I think you're all right. Yeah. So I'm going to take a step back, manage things on my own again. Cause I mean, I've always been extremely self-sufficient. So I know it's there when I need, and I think I'm now in a position where I'm not hesitant to just take the help that's available. Yeah. Before I was stubborn as fuck. And I was like, I don't need help. I got it. <laughs> yeah. But that's also another thing with therapy, guys. It's not like you go and you keep going every week and that becomes part of your life. Like you yeah. can go get help where you need it and then kind of like balance yeah. yourself out and then come back in. So I haven't seen Natalia for a while, but I'm going to be exploring um, and collaborating with her. And we're going to be diving into relationships Ooh, so guys, I will probably be sharing more with that as the season rolls out. Um, but yeah, that's in store for our attitudes this year. Um, also, we intend to just bring you more of that quality podcast content that we know you guys like. And, um, and for those of you who take the time to write in to tell us that you like it, well, thanks. Yeah, love you lots. Love you lots. It just motivates us so much. Like, 
it took us a little bit of a push to come back with season three. And then, and then out of the blue, I got a message from someone on Instagram being like, Hey, I listened to your podcast. And since I found it, I've been listening to it every day. And I sent it to Marissa and I was like, girl, if this ain't a sign, let's get back on this. And so here we are season three. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. All right, guys, you know, the drill, um, uh, click that like, follow, subscribe, and, and share. Ooh, yeah. We yeah. never said that. We never told you to share, share it, man. Share it with your friends. Other people want to know. Tell your wife. Tell your kids. Tell your, I mean, if you have kids. <laughs> maybe, I don't know if the kids are ready for this. You know what? If your kids are above 16, maybe. Yeah. But just share. Tell your cousin. Tell your mom. Tell and, your aunts uh, and uncles. Hit us up. We always write back. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for us. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.